the Down Below podcast was our last best hope to analyse. A self-contained podcast, who knows how long, located between your ears. A place of discussion and fun for newcomers and veterans alike. A shining download online, all alone on the web. It was the dawn of the third age of podcasting, the year the Introcast Wars came upon us all. This is the story of the Babylon 5 Introcast. The year is 2014. The show, down below. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast. I'm Will. I'm in. I'm Heidi. I'm Elizabeth. Oh, today we are pleased to be joined by yet another first-time visitor to Down Below, but I believe a veteran Babylon 5 fan. Say hello to Thomas. Hello, Hi, Thomas. Welcome. Greetings, folks. Thomas. <laughs> Somewhat of a letter. Yeah, so tell us about your experience with Babylon 5. Yeah, okay. Uh, I was on, a couple of years ago, I was on Amazon, just ordering some other show or whatever, and I got in the recommendations. I saw that there were, I could buy Babylon 5 Season 1 for like £2 or whatever. So, sure, yeah. why not? I had heard it was similar to Deep Space Nine, which I really like, so bring it on. I got it, I watched the first episode, and I did not want to continue at all. <laughs> I, I think I got as far as seeing Londo and Veer, and I was like, no, I'm out. <laughs> and I just kept zoning out throughout the episode, and I just didn't care. And then I think a couple of times I actually tried to sell that season one box at a secondhand store, but he didn't even want it. <laughs> and then one day I was really bored, had nothing else to watch, so I started watching it, and just basically main blind through the five seasons real wow. quick. So we just do that though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh but uh, uh while I was watching it when I started watching it I didn't know about the gathering. So I, I just started with Midnight on the Firing Line. So but uh, by the time I found out about that I uh figured it was I was like halfway through season two, so it felt a little ridiculous to go back all the way to the beginning. So I kept watching all the way through all the movies and everything. And then I watched uh, The Gathering at the end, which inspired me to just go through the whole series once again. <laughs> so I watched it twice last year. It's really hard year. not to do something like that, <laughs> especially if you decide to leave all the movies until the very end and you watch the mm. beginning and it just you just want to jump right back to the beginning again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So yeah, mainlined it twice last year. That's my experience with the show. Wow. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. You're a fresh fan. You're a new Yeah, pretty fan. much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, today we are here to discuss episode eight of season two, A Race Through Dark Places. But first, here's an ISN special report. This is an ISN special report. On Babylon 5, Station Commander Captain John Sheridan and his second-in-command Commander Susan Ivanova protested an order from EarthGov to either move to smaller quarters or pay rent. The order from Earth was a result of decreased commercial traffic to the station. 
At one point, Sheridan and Ivanova were locked out of their quarters, but in the end, funds were diverted from Babylon 5's budget to pay rent. In other news, we've heard rumors about rogue telepaths seeking refuge on Babylon 5. Requests for comment from Babylon 5 and Psycor have been declined. This has been an ISN special report. A Race Through Dark Places originally aired January 25, 1995, so we're finally in 95. They had about a five-week break, I think, after the last episode. It was directed by Jim Johnston, who last directed A Distant Star, and it was written by JMS. So JMS commented on the Lurker's Guide on this episode about um, how he comes up with titles. He's quoted as saying, I always have to have the title before I begin writing, since the title always influences the feel of the show. I try to design one that is literary, or refers to literary influences. It should have a certain rhythm, and avoid coming at the subject of the episode too dead on. For for instance, this one could refer to Cat you know, could refer to Bester in his pursuit, calling it capture or chase. But I wanted it to be evocative, to conjure the image of people slipping through the shadows, pursued by others, and to continue this season's trend towards titles that indicate the coming night, hence Erase Through Dark Places. Okay. Interesting. I'm not yeah. sure that helped with my predictions. <laughs> but it might help with future predictions now, you know, some of those weird episode titles. Yeah, try and think more conceptual. Of That's not <laughs> helpful at all. No, not helpful at all. <laughs> helps you give up. <laughs> I think the metaphor for the episode will be... <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get started with the recap. So, this episode begins with Sheridan and Ivanova discussing station business. There's been a drop in revenue because of all the military transports coming in, so they haven't had as much commercial traffic. It's only temporary, but since they've been running at a deficit, Earth wants Ivanova and Sheridan to either switch to smaller quarters or start paying rent. Sheridan doesn't like this, and he doesn't want Ivanova to pay rent either. They've got to stick together out of solidarity. It's a rather odd subplot for this episode, really. Yeah. It is, is, considering there's so many unused corridors in the station. (laughs) They get revenue (laughs) from those. They have huge rooms that they're just not being used at all. Yeah, and uh, Franklin's managed to get a cot from somewhere. somewhere. So there's clearly um, foldable beds out there. They could just sleep in corridors and stuff like that. But, you know... (laughs) It's. It, I think it's meant to show Sheridan again and kind of show more of his independent streak. But I assume that rebel. 30 credits is very small amount. Yeah, yeah. It seems very principled about it, though, because it's... Yeah, he he's uncomfortable even paying one credit a month, apparently. Right. It's just without knowing the c- conversion of the currency, I'm like, does he have a point? Is he just being an ass? <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just got to take a stand. <laughs> <Just> being counters. 
Or why does Franklin need an extra bed for medical purposes? I mean, so I guess we saw the reason. Sleep over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. His room. He calls it medical purposes. That's you know. <laughs> playing doctor, huh? Uh, next, we switch to Mars Colony. It's March 14, 2259. I think the last episode was supposed to be in May, so yeah, the episodes were switched out of order. We see Bester questioning someone. Now, the female Psychop is played by Judy Levitt, who is Walter Koenig's real-life wife. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. She's been in a few of the Star Trek movies. Yeah, I think we saw her a few weeks ago as well, didn't we? Oh, really? I don't remember. She looks like um, the uh, contact that um, the cyber zombie was talking to to me. Oh, Oh, are we supposed to... 13? I don't think that's the same. I think she... Well, personally, maybe she's not, but she looks awfully similar. Okay. She's got the same coloured hair and the same haircut and very similar build, at least. Oh, okay. I did not go that way. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe, I, I just always took it that way myself. Hmm. So the Psychops are trying to get some information out of this guy. They... I want to know about the Underground Railroad. The guy doesn't know much, and he tries singing, I guess, to keep Bester out of his thoughts. Bester scans him, and before killing him, manages to get Babylon 5 out of his mind and get the opening credits. Yeah, I was surprised to see Bester again. I don't know about you, uh, Heidi. I I expected that we would see him again, but I was really excited like when... He showed up, and oh, I yeah. actually recognized him because, you know, sometimes people show back up, and I'm like, I think I've seen them before. Who are they? Am I supposed to be recognizing this person? Yeah. But, and okay. then we got to see Mars, uh, a yeah. room on Mars. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> My uh, DVD had a scratch right here, and so I had to, like... It was kind of, you know, jumping through this scene, and then I just had to skip through the opening credits, and then it was fine after that. But So I didn't quite to get every little detail of this scene. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, it's a good scene. And it was like, wow, he's really powerful. He's Because Psychops are, what, at least P10, right? Right. And he, or he may be higher, but I was No, like, uh, they have to be P12. Oh, he's P12? kind of said later in the episode, yeah, that P11 is the lowest they can go before they turn you into Psychop. Psychops are all P12. Okay, what strongest... was P10 then? Was that an instructor? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. Basically, the idea is P12 is the highest rating they think you can get, and therefore the highest rated telepaths have to be the cops because they've got police all over the side, you know. And kill people with, <laughs> with their mind slash hand gesture? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, this was the spoiler that I mentioned a few weeks back that was on the DVD menu. They showed somebody morphing in the bester. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. I missed that completely. And then I have, and since somebody mentioned it, I haven't been looking at the morphing, but. <laughs> so next, after the credits, Franklin is discussing the rent situation with Sheridan. He's still mad about this and thinks they should, Earth should cut back on those expense account lunches. I agree with him, though. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty rude to ask your commanders to do that. I mean, the ambassadors have nice rooms. Yeah. Franklin 
thinks that Sheridan's doomed and offers to let Sheridan spend the night on his cot that he has for <laughs> medical purposes. Yeah, Sheridan's not pleased about this. He'll, uh, he'll wake up and he'll be touching your hair. Yes, just don't <laughs> <sleep>. <laughs> so they walk along in the corridor and they run into Delenn, who wants to speak to Sheridan privately. Delenn. Oh my god. <laughs> she wants him to help her better understand what it is to be human and they agree to go out to dinner to talk about anything except business. They don't just agree to go out to dinner, okay? She asked him out. Yeah, this is very yeah. upsetting to me. It's a date. <laughs> <laughs> She's cheating on Sinclair. She's already uh, married. Her husband. Yep. Oh, out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, God. you never know when um, Sinclair got to member. Maybe he went through some sort of divorce ritual. Oh. She has just got a thing for like the officers of Babylon Five. I mean, wow. Yep. <laughs> she goes Ramana for the highest one. You're next. <laughs> she likes a man in charge. Uh, a man in power like Londo's wife. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. So when you go, girl. <laughs> next, Bester wants to have a meeting. He has a meeting with the full command staff. Turns out Psychor has known about the Underground Railroad for a while. Uh, he thinks unregistered telepaths are a security risk and wants B5 to help shut it down. So after Bester and Talia leave, Garibaldi and Ivanova and Sheridan discuss the situation. Even though they don't agree with what Psychor is trying to do, the loss of law, so they have to help. But Sheridan does want Garibaldi to keep an eye on Bester and in the end, Susan suggests that Sheridan check out Bester's file regarding the Ironheart incident that happened last year. And don't you think it's convenient that the command staff doesn't include your head doctor? Hmm. Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, is he an officer? he's an yeah. officer and he's, you know, the head of your medical team. In most of the shows, he'd be part of the command staff, but here he's yeah, not. That's... And it's lucky he's not because otherwise Bester would have scanned him. Sure, I guess. I guess they ha- this, but this season they haven't really included him in meetings and stuff, have they? No, they haven't. Uh, it's it's just an interesting distinction that you know, even though he's military, he's got some sort of command rank. It seems, and he's running their basic healthcare on the station. He's right. not involved in any of these command meetings. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know, it's kind of interesting. I mean, they didn't give us a lot of new information, but I, I think I got a little bit better picture of, you know, sort of the human mindset with the Psy core Because they were talking about how, like, you know, basically the fear, you know, caused them to push everybody into this organization. And then, you know, I like their perspective on it, too. Like, oh, I guess that's our fault, you know? <laughs> I mean, what would you think would happen? It, it's just, I mean, it's just, I, I want to know, like, who is the head psych? I mean, there's got to be a head of the psychor, and I mean, Bester's not the head; he's just a psychop. Maybe he's the head of the psychops. I don't know, but there's got to be this whole like governing. Oh, I just want—I want to know more. <laughs> it's just the way with—you get answers, but you get ten more questions along with them. <laughs> yeah, I just can't believe that they switched the last episode and this one. It's like. Oh. Okay, that continuity is something that it's it's very uh, relevant here. Yes, 
Yeah. They needed more time for this episode. I guess all the special effects in this one. Yeah, but it was really jarring. I mean, yeah, I mean, just a cup in a couple places. Yeah, to I don't know. It just for the sake of the story, you would think you would want to keep the episodes in the order that they go because there are things that are very important in this one that you needed to watch the last one. Right. It, it yeah, really does he, inform everything. It's, it's her progression, basically, of where she's going. Yeah. And you kind of, like, if you watch this one after the other one, not knowing that it was supposed to air before, you're like, wow, she really jumped backwards. And why is she acting like she doesn't know some of this stuff? Yeah, you know? this is weird. <laughs> and also, think about it from the cycle point of view. She's just proved her loyalty and, you know, proved what a big asset she is. So then they send in what's-his-name from last week to try and recruit her to um, a more covert branch of the cycle. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So in the next scene, we've got Talia talking. <laughs> talking to... <laughs> She's talking to Bester. He's confident that the command staff is going to help him and kind of evades the questions when she asks him if he scanned the staff or if he scanned her. And he hears someone say murderer in his head. Talia never hears it, but Bester knows that he was right, that the Underground Railroad is there on B5. Obvious Buffy reference here. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? But like, yeah. but here's the thing. Uh, so you're... Uh, we can talk about you in a second. Hold on, because um, uh, I want to know um, why does he only hear that one word? I mean, you would think that if if he's just hearing random words from people, that he would just be hearing a bunch of things. Or was he meant to hear that? I don't. Yeah, it kind of makes you think he was either meant to hear that, or that was connected to such a strong emotion. That's the only word that slipped out because. They're showing they're meant to have some really good control over their thought because they're practicing later. And either he was meant to hear it or just they were so angry at him that that word slipped out. Yeah, yeah maybe they like... just saw him and uh, that was the first reaction that they had. Right. I wonder if that... maybe yeah. because it was about him, like somehow that makes him hear it more or was directed in his direction i don't know that's so strange to me like that he would only hear that or are they just showing us that but really he's always hearing all these things i don't know well he does say to talia let down the walls as if best is different from most of the telepaths who keep the walls up most of the time to block out the noise whereas bester it, it seems at least in this scene He's going around Babylon 5 with the walls down because he's hunting telepaths. So he's got to keep his um, abilities at um, full stretch. And that includes listening all, you know, to the babble of thoughts around him because he might hear something like murderer whispered by someone. Yeah. So, Thomas, you're a big Buffy fan? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, nice. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Seen every episode 10 times or something like that. Nice. Hey. So we're all Buffy ask, fans here, right? Huh? <laughs> You're all what Buffy you fans too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> when you were first watching this uh, series, what, mm-hmm. like, when you got to this point in the series, what 
kind of plot lines were you most interested in? Were you interested in the Psy stuff, or were you more interested in, I don't know, well, the Mimbari uh, stuff? Well, the I would say the, you know, the spider ships and the yeah. <laughs> whatever's going on with Earth were the two main things that I was interested in. But uh, I, actually, from... Uh, you know, the Iron Heart episode that we dread, with the exception of the speech. I was really interested in Talia, and I was really disappointed that we didn't get much of her. So I was I was pretty excited when we got to this point and got more of her. Yeah, because now you've just had three episodes of Talia, right? making yeah. up for all the lack of her, you know, past <laughs> how many ever episodes. It's as if uh, JMS had just suddenly remembered she's a character on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, JMS. <laughs> and I imagine you didn't know because that um, this episode was supposed to be before the last episode when no, you were watching it. No, were you no confused idea. or? I probably was, but as I said, I mainlined it twice, so I yeah, that's that. true. Yeah, got to go through it real fast. Yeah, yeah. Uh-oh. So you like Talia though? Well, I she has her. Incredibly awkward bad moments, but for the most part, I appreciate it. <laughs> I think it's episodes like this that really do redeem her, though. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I'll agree to that. <laughs> Except for when I thought she double-crossed them, then I was like, oh, <laughs> that's me. Will is vindicated, and then, oh, wait, no. <laughs> Next, and down below, a bunch of telepaths or MIDI. One of them saw Bester, and they need to get out, but get out of there. But since Bester will try to stop him, they need to kill him first. And you see the guy with the who won't close his mouth, who yes. we saw in Chrysalis. <laughs> He's back. And so, we also don't see any children or young people. It's oh, only good. adults. Yeah, but it'd be harder. I guess it'd be more. It would be more difficult to smuggle a child up because then you basically be kidnapping that child, right? Well, possibly. Yeah. Um, but I just thought it would be slightly more realistic to have one or two at least. Yeah, because that's when usually, I mean, I would assume that that's when usually they become, sci- you know, have their psi-ability manifest, and then that's when they're first introduced to the psychor. So, but the, so the guy that, um, that won't close his mouth, he was the one that told Garibaldi about the plot, right? Or he helped him, I don't know, find the... The guy that was... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because the guy guy that got killed at the very beginning of the episode was his friend. And in this episode, we find out that he was Ironheart's friend as well. So that's just an interesting convenience. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, did JMS know at the time that he was a telepath and he was Ironheart's friend? Probably, I want to say he didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just one of those castings just to make it seem more of a real world, I suppose. Yeah. To kind of make you think, oh, this railroad has been here for a while. I remember him. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Franklin later, he mentions the fact he ran a um, clinic in Down Below. And yeah. that's the yeah. episode with the healing machine in it. Mm-hmm. So we find out he set that up as part of the railroad. So, again, no. Yeah. Next, uh, we see Delenn and Sheridan having their dinner. Was this in fresh air? Yes. I think it was fresh air, yeah. Well, she looks fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's turning heads, and they have a look at the menu, trying to decide on what they're going to eat. Oh, how awkwardly cute. Yeah. (laughs) It was. (laughs) You know, 
I think they've got a very different dynamic than um, uh, what's it? Uh, uh, I'm like Sinclair, Sinclair because I was trying not to say Sheridan. <laughs> um, yeah, the two of them have a very different dynamic. And as we switch to Earhart, where Garibaldi goes looking for Ivanova, <laughs> he's on official business, which is taboo in Earhart. Uh, he's looking for a contact in the Underground Railroad, and he thinks it, that Ivanova's involved because he figures somebody had to be helping them and thought it was her. But he has something else he wants to ask her about before they cut away. I just thought it was funny how happy she was. <laughs> yeah, that was how uh, Ivanova when she's like that. <laughs> she's like, what? Is this official business? <laughs> yeah, hey, everybody. Yeah, afterwards as well. Oh, Garibaldi, you're so cute when you're trying to investigate <laughs> a friend. <laughs> I saw a note in the Lurkers guy. He said that JMS said that they've adopted the tradition of putting a symbol for a given ship on the bar in Earhart's because I guess in real life, a lot of officers clubs put their logo in, you know, the establishment when they arrived there. Wait. So huh? I guess, I guess in real life, there's this tradition of the officers club. When they go to naval bases, they'll put their logo there. Okay. So on the show, they've adopted this tradition of putting like the symbol of a ship in Earhart's. That's what I gathered. Oh, okay. So I may be looking for that from now on. So I go back to Sheridan and um, Dylan. <laughs> some reason I put Ivanova, but it's Dylan. <laughs> and Sheridan's not used to hearing Minbari laugh, laughing. Uh, flirt, so. you mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely thing. flirt. And of course, there's no one else left in the bar, so... They've been chatting all night, and uh, yeah. it's clearly meant to be flirting, and they're getting on like house on fire. He starts talking about the laughing Buddha and the school of Zen mysticism. Is that real or something they made up for the show, like a future I'm thing? I'm sure I've heard of the laughing Buddha somewhere, but I don't know what it um, involves, and I don't know whether the other thing's real or not. But given it's JMS, it's probably real. Right. And what did she say that the Membari have as animals? Did she say dogs or did she say some other word? Gox. Gox. Okay. I was it like, sounds, it can't have been uh, dogs, but that's, all, that's what it sounded like. That's not the word popped into my head, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's just from her description, this a pet they have, I suppose. Yeah. Well, they better show it at some point. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I want to see it. <laughs> Next, we see Talia getting ready for bed when she gets a call from Creepo Bester. Okay, who was she <laughs> thinking was going to be calling? She, she's like in her, you know, kind of sexy, la- not um, laundry, but sexy bedtime clothes. And she just answers the phone. And then when he pops up, she's like, oh, well, let me just cover up. She like, thought it was Garibaldi. Let's yeah. Well, that wouldn't have made any sense because net it's meant to be next week that she and Garibaldi get closer, not this week. Well, yeah. they week, did the sorry. week before too, didn't they? Because that was when she was mm-hmm. being stalked yeah. and he was, yeah. they like had a moment or whatever. Yeah, okay. Perhaps. Maybe yeah, we were meant to just... just maybe think about maybe it could be you know, him. Because it was just weird that she answered the thing like that and then she covered up. It was very weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's 
on comms or at the door, they never seem to ask who it is. <laughs> uh, they yeah. always make these assumptions, and then they're surprised when it's not who they think it is. <laughs> I know, come in! Oh! <laughs> I like to ask who. That could lead to some really awkward conversations. <laughs> yeah, there's a little sub thread in this episode about people not being able to get enough sleep or being interrupted or trying to sleep. So Bester was thinking about the Ironheart incident and how he was rude to her earlier. He wants to make it up over breakfast, and she agrees. And then we start flashing oh, back God. to my floor just to <laughs> remind the viewers what happened, I guess. And she still has her gift from Jason. They haven't forgotten. <laughs> so we see her lodge a coin into the wall this time. And she knows Bester's been in her mind twice that day. I wonder why she hasn't seen any of that. Why well, he hasn't seen any of that. Talking but to thanks herself. for showing us again. But somebody mentioned a coin into the wall, and I just thought that I must have missed, you know, that. But I guess, I guess it was from this episode. <clears throat> yeah, it was this episode. Well, yeah, in Mind War, she just moved the coin mm-hmm. a little bit, I think. But this time, she lost it into the wall. <laughs> well, yeah, my... it's great to show her powers are growing. I think my she always keeps a was... penny right there. <laughs> <laughs> But my thought here was, okay, it's been this long and that's it? Like, that's all she's doing is flinging the coin into the wall? Come on! Well, now she has a reason. Now she's gonna uh, start flinging quarters and stuff. <laughs> and given there's more to her gift from Ironheart than just flinging coins around, and Bester could figure out she was enhanced, um, I wonder whether the whole procedure she could have undergone last week if she had said yes, whether that would have even worked because she's already enhanced in a different way and perhaps Arnhardt's gift would have stopped that procedure from working. Oh, yeah, but we don't even know how they did it, really, so it's hard to... It's a kind of a vague thing at this point. Oh, it really is, isn't it? <laughs> but, I mean, it's really been a long time since, you know, we've seen anything about this, so... I mean, I could see, I could see why they had to remind everybody uh, about what what it was because I, you know, it was because I think we were speculating this like, are they just going to pretend it never happened? Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except so, I kept making predictions about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except I don't think I did at the last episode, which you know, <laughs> that's when it happens. Mm-hmm. Next, we see Sheridan looking happy after his date, and he. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I didn't put two and two together there, but yes, he was. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he goes back to his quarters and he can't get in. And Ivanova shows up and tells him that their quarters have been sealed. And he won't allow her to rent a room. But she, that was her idea to rent a room for the night. Yeah, that would have been probably more than the 30 credits. So. <laughs> Next, we go to the telepaths arming themselves and they practice that song they... Uh, that the guy earlier was singing. And they are Mary had <laughs> Some of the telepaths we see, I noticed uh, they called him telepath number one, the Native American guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try to pronounce his name, but I saw it was cool. He was chairman of his tribe in Wisconsin for a while. Oh, really? And he was on Northern Exposure and Walker, Texas Ranger. I saw his Twitter picture. He's all decked out and Indian guard looks pretty cool. Hmm, cool. And the shooter, the one guy who's named Shooter, I guess maybe the guy that tried to shoot Bester. 
Uh, he's played by Christopher Michael. He was on The Secret Life of American Teenager and Seventh Heaven and a few episodes of ER. He was in one episode of Castle this year, Driven. Oh, just barely. Yeah. So next we're in Sheridan's office where Ivanova and Sheridan are getting ready to sleep. He wants to take a hard line with Earth government. And <laughs> he tells them... Funny and appropriate jokes. <laughs> Those were terrible jokes. Yeah. <laughs> they were so bad they made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> they were awful. <laughs> yeah, and I think everyone was with Vanova here and he just shut yeah. up, Sheridan. <laughs> you know, she's got an excuse. She's trying to get to sleep. Yeah, she finds herself sleeping in an office. She could have been in her bed and yeah. And he was so smug w- about about his relationship with the Lynn. Yeah. yeah, and I wonder I why neither of them wanted to bunk with uh, Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. They've heard things. Yeah, Sheridan's like, he likes me. She thinks I'm smart. Although, <laughs> couldn't so you have persuaded Garibaldi to let you sleep in a cell for the night? At least it's a bed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's against regulations, I don't know. And embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so next, Bester is having his breakfast with Talia. Uh, he wants to know if the command staff ever talks about what happened with the president and wants her to keep an eye on things. And he hears some thoughts and, wants to, and he knows that the telepaths are about to attack and they do attack. Talia runs away, but she gets captured in the hallway. And gets shoved into a broom closet or something like that, it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> something about Talia running away is just like, then she do that a couple episodes ago. <laughs> well, you know, she's had reason. <laughs> yeah. But those are the terrible assassins. They were awful. Well, they only, it looks like they were only meant to be a distraction. So that's what I was wondering. Is it were the, was that was their goal to kidnap Talia, or was that a side effect? No, I think they went to kidnap Talia because their leader knew Ironheart and knew Ironheart had given her a gift of some type. And I think somehow he must have known that you know if they could persuade her to this way of thinking, that they could help. She could help them against Bester. I feel like there could have been an easier way to do that. <laughs> to kidnap her and maybe in a less crowded area. I don't know. Yeah. So later on we see Bester speaking with the command staff. He thinks the telepaths are desperate to try something like that. And he's not sure what happened to Talia, but he's not fine. Doesn't seem to be worried about Talia. This uh, this pisses off Garibaldi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bester suggests that Garibaldi step up his efforts to find Talia if he's that worried. Yeah. (laughs) So next, Talia wakes up and the telepaths are talking about her. They don't want to hurt her, but they say they will if they have to. She thinks they're only hurting themselves and that the core is there to protect protect them. They don't think she really believes that and they want her to understand. Yeah, I just, I I keep going back to that this episode is after the other one because I mean, it, it's just so weird. You know, I'm sure, like, if we didn't know, I would have just been really annoyed. Yeah. There's a yeah. specific line Talia says from the last episode, which would make far more sense if it came after this one. 
that you know something along the lines she's part of an organization that frightens her right and yeah. just came out of nowhere yeah after this it makes sense that she was frightened and i think that it would have been way more convincing um that fake uh thing that they do if we hadn't already seen her having so many doubts in the last episode you know what i mean like you really would have been like oh my god talia is like totally hardcore but we know that she's not so <laughs> even if the two weren't switched we've had the thing with um the cyber zombie that she wasn't too pleased about i don't recall what she was upset well, about, about well basically the way i read it from that episode she was shocked at what had been done to him, and then she researched in secret. Oh yeah, yeah, who the woman right. was. Yeah, but but she thought she was dead, so she doesn't, you know, in, in her mind, she can't necessarily say that's the psychor or this could be like a rogue person that faked their death. Uh, next, uh, we see Franklin go to Sheridan. He's heard from the people running the Underground Railroad and. He's heard that Talia's okay, and they just want to arrange a meeting between Sheridan and the head of the railroad, because the railroad wants to find a way out without anybody else getting hurt. Franklin thinks Sheridan can trust them, but he can't say why yet. <laughs> this, yeah. Well, um... it does make a difference from discussing major, um, important elements out in the open, doesn't it? You know. I'm thinking way back even to uh, the gathering where um, Sinclair and Garibaldi were discussing um, Cossie's assassination right out in uh, in the open. Yeah. Where the heck is Kosh? Oh my god. <laughs> Maybe he's hibernating. <laughs> I want him back. <clears throat> I know, we don't have enough cryptic messages without him. I know. You need more? Right. We do, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jakar was kind of giving us some for a, a little bit there, but yeah, right. Maybe not a whole lot this season. See some. Yeah. Uh, next, Talia speaking with the telepath. She's hearing their story. Uh, one guy's brother took the medicine to suppress his abilities, but he still spoke out against Psychor, and Psychor killed him. And I think Talia's maybe afraid to see the truth and. They remind her about what happened with Ironheart. And next, Garibaldi goes to... Bester goes to see Garibaldi. Well, I was about to say the uh, discussion. Um, there is one story that it's actually, if you listen to it, what happened to the woman, it, it, it's quite disturbing because it's basically sanctioned rape. You know, organisation and gang rape almost. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was... Well, rape, or if they somehow, you know, artificially inseminate her. I'm not sure. True, but how do you but, have yeah. to do that? You know, it's like either way, it, it's rape. It's yeah, um, okay. but wasn't okay, yeah. right? But I, I don't know about the gang rape part. Uh, well, I, look, basically, I did, she did say a group of them came for her, and so I mean, even I, I don't know the definitions properly, but there was a group of them involved in. Well, they yes, they, the group took her. I, I, I assume they took her to some medical facility and then implanted. Um, yeah, they the could have done that. The guy yeah. that they had wanted her to mate with, or something. That's, yeah. that's yeah. what I thought. 
Either way, it's it's quite disturbing. Oh, yeah, either way, it's very disturbing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes you wonder with all this stuff going on, like how how does somebody work with the core so much and not see this, you know? Not see some of this. Like, do you have to get to a certain point where they're going to let you in on the shenanigans? Do you have to... You have to, I don't know, have evil thoughts that they can read and go, oh, okay, you're one of us. You know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> well, think about how closed off of a society they are. They rarely actually interact with mundanes, as they call them, or normals. Normals. And, yeah, and they also um, really indoctrinate them in terms of, you know, how Bester said at the beginning, they feed them, they close them, they raise them. And they teach them this mantra of the core is mother, the core is father. That's heavy indoctrination, that is. Oh, very heavy indoctrination. Yeah. But they're doing some crazy stuff, you know. You'd think that you'd think that you would be able to figure this, especially being a telepath, and you could read, you know, surface thoughts. You know, you'd think that this would be a little bit easier to find out or to have inklings about, but seems like this is all shocking. I guess it's a Joy Summer selective uh, amnesia. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, next, Bester goes to see Garibaldi. Bester tries to convince him that he's not such a bad guy, uh, but... Do we think Garibaldi, he was lying? I don't know. <laughs> like, that he has a wife yeah, and kids. I was... What about you, Heidi? Do you think he was telling the truth? Um, yeah, I didn't really... I don't know. I don't see that he would have that much reason to just write out lie about it. So, yeah, I think he was telling the truth. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, but it's a very calculated story at the same time. Oh, yeah, like using it, I mean, obviously in that way, but I don't think he made it up. Yeah, I think maybe he's gone to the park once or twice with his family. I don't know that he's going every weekend, especially with his Yeah, he's not, schedule. like, taking him to the movies and, you know, having family nights out or whatever. And who knows? He could have, like, side children that he's indoctrinating himself. I mean, I don't know. And oh, yeah. Remember, uh, yeah, and also think about how the psycho arranges marriages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not the same necessarily. Well, it could be. We don't know. But... It's not necessarily the same as how most people seem to end up in a relationship. And, uh, yeah, just another note about this scene. I really like the Garibaldi and Bester dynamic. And, uh, I mean, recently I've seen how similar it is to the um, Winchester-Crowley relationship on uh, Supernatural. Huh. Well, Crowley is way more out in the open with his evilness. I mean, Bester is trying to hide his intentions and his, you know, he's trying to come up as a good guy. Oh, yes, but I mean, in terms of, you know, there's clear antagonism there, but, you know, one party's also trying to weasel their way into the other's affections. Failing badly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wonder More if people Psy... People's are very slimy. Oh, yeah, he just comes across <laughs> as just kind of icky. <laughs> I mean, even if you don't know, you know, that he has these bad intentions, he does have this sort of... You know, I bet you that just is a, is, um, a side effect of having so much power, you know? Yeah. You just don't... You don't need anybody really to uh, acquiesce to what you want. You can just go and get what you want or, 
you know, scan them or whatever. Um, so I'm sure that just sort of changes how you react with people. Definitely. I wonder if telepaths can have squibs, though. You know what I mean? Where there's like two really high uh, rated telepaths, but their offspring doesn't have any ability. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Garibaldi gives Bester the info he got. They have an idea of where the shooters are. And Garibaldi's team is going to pick Bester up in his quarters and they'll go together. And Garibaldi stresses together. <laughs> oh, shadowing. Yeah. <laughs> so Garibaldi, I mean, uh, Natalia is talking to the telepath, the open mouth guy, <laughs> tell her that she's special. And he says Ironheart was his friend, too. And Psychor experimented on him, too, and made him a P-12. P-13, and, he speculates. Oh, yeah, more than a P-12. Yeah. He, he speculates he's more than what they rated him at, but nowhere near as much as Ironheart was. So he just calls himself a P-13 which I don't think is an official writing. Oh, okay. Yeah, we find out that Ironheart set, helped set up the railroad, which, <laughs> but then he knows that Ironheart gave her something that wants her to help. I wonder how, I wonder how he knew this. I don't know. Did he watch the episode? Yeah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's part of his extra powers that he's been given. Hey, you can, can go into our world. <laughs> well, I was thinking, you know, it almost ESP, and he picks up on um, broadcast signals from our world. <laughs> right. Well, he was there on the station, probably. Maybe when all that went down, maybe he, maybe when Ironheart became, he told him what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so we, next, we see Sheridan go to see the leader of the Underground Railroad, who is Franklin. And the other telepaths, including Talia, enter, and they want Sheridan to listen. After that last scene with Franklin, I was just shocked that he was behind it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you never saw that coming. No. So Franklin's willing to do some under the, well, shady, well, maybe shady's the wrong word, but some illegal stuff to help people out. It does make sense for his character, I think, and it adds at least a small... Extra layer to his, you know, his character because we haven't seen too much so far. And I think this was a first. I actually liked Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Isn't creepy or arrogant or yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good for him. So next, we see a brief shot of Bester walking through the corridors alone, not together. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Shocked. <laughs> and then we're back to Franklin and the others. Franklin says he's heard a lot of things regarding Psychor and they ended up filtering the telepaths to B5 on business visas. And yeah, this is where he talks about the clinic and down below last year. Um, Sheridan agrees in principle with what Franklin's doing, but laws are being broken and if he turns Franklin in, that would give Earth a reason to shut down B5. But if he doesn't turn Franklin in, he's an accomplice. Talia says there's a third option, and open mouth guy says he's coming. <laughs> so he just knows what's going on everywhere, really. Yeah. Strong. He would definitely be a good resource to have around, for sure. Yeah, he knows everything. 
So Bester enters and pulls out with this pulls out his gun and tries to convince him that they have nothing to be afraid of and Talia comes and blah 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 says a bunch of stuff and <laughs> they all the telepaths all join hands with their gloves off and try to fight Bester. They're not making progress and the open mouth guy knows someone's fighting against them and it's Talia and <gasps> She is shocking. <laughs> As she and Bester pull out their guns and lay waste to all the telepaths, Bester says he would have preferred to take a few alive, but it's better to set an example. And Bester says she had him fooled for a second, but Talia knows where her loyalties are. But since Bester doesn't want to answer any questions, they both leave before security gets there. <laughs> this scene was where my um, DVD started freezing, so... I had to go buy the episode and oh, watch the rest. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think, um, what's the name of play Tyler in this? There's a really smarmy, slimy portrayal of the character that is quite yeah. effective. <laughs> well, so Heidi, you said that you were, you know, you were very angry when you saw this, right? I mean, it's like, or you were mad at Talia, obviously. Um, yeah, it did trick me for a second. Yeah, me too. Um, even having seen, you know, the last one and and knowing that she had to get to that place in this one, I was uh, surprised and was like, seriously, what are you doing? <laughs> I know. I yeah. mean, I and then when they and then after like they had shot like a bazillion people, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> they just weird. shot everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I was, saw yeah, it. Talia is awfully conveniently good with the PPG. Yeah, she, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, so it's a double cross. No, wait, it's a triple cross. No, wait, what are we doing? <laughs> Ellen Bester said, you had me fooled for a second. I thought he was about to say something about her gun skills. Like, man, where'd you learn to shoot like that? <laughs> it's a, it's pretty hor- horrifying that this is what, you know, he wanted to see. Like, he basically just wanted to assassinate all these people. You know, yeah. that really shows, you know, how horrible he is. But, yeah, I mean, I... I assume that maybe they were doing some kind of, uh, maybe they had like rigged the PPGs or something, or you know they were they had some kind of shield and they were just playing dead. But yeah, that this was this was interesting. I really liked it. Yeah. So next we see all those dead telepaths still holding hands, and <laughs> Sheridan has no idea what just happened. <laughs> so where was Sheridan the whole time? He was outside the room. Or he... I don't know, or off to the side. Yeah, maybe. standing in one corner, and the power of the telepath's mind shields him, him from Bester's view. Ah, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so they projected an image into his mind. Didn't they say he saw what he wanted to see, or something like that? Yeah, something like that. So, yeah, not one of them could have done it alone, but together they are powerful enough. So Sheridan just needs to let it go and avoid Bester, so Bester can't scan him. And Franklin says that B5 is too hot to keep the railroad there, so somebody else, somewhere else, will have to pick it up. But Sheridan wants all the telepaths gone, and he chews out Franklin, and he says he needs a drink. <laughs> yeah, um, just the whole power of the um, mental illusion, or basically this is the sort of thing a group of telepaths can do, not alone one, really reinforces how powerful and quite scary they could be if they chose to use their powers 
uh, to manipulate everyone. I guess, but we already saw Bester kill somebody with his mind, so it seems like they can be really powerful alone. Yeah, well, I think it was the next scene where the open mouth dude said that that shouldn't have worked, even with all of them, but since Ironheart had given her something special, that she made the difference. Wow. It just seems like a disparity in there. I mean, I guess the totally different powers, you know, showing somebody a... Ooh, and I wonder if this will come up again, you know? Just uh, manipulating what people see. Yes, we can never be sure what we're supposed to believe because it could just be a trick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because it was wasn't any clues for the audience that this was a mental illusion. It was just done with editing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and Talia also says she, when she's talking to Open Mouth Guy, she thinks she can keep Bester out of her mind, which I guess we should know is going to come up later <laughs> when she says that. Um, and next we're back with Ivanova and Sheridan. Uh, she doesn't think the protest is going to work, but Sheridan says... No, they don't have to do it anymore. He's going to deduct credits from the budget each week and apply it towards their rent. Why didn't he think of this sooner? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure well, he has had, had so a many. whole, um, what's it, cycle, uh, telepath underground railroad thing to deal with. So cut him a bit of slack on that for nothing. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next we see Bester and Talia talking. Bester's leaving, but he wants her to give more thought to what he said earlier about keeping an eye on Sheridan. He's disappointed that Sheridan isn't more supportive of the core. He heard that Sheridan would be more supportive. What is that about? Huh? Well, meeting you probably doesn't help. No kidding. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Terrible ambassador. And she says that she'll have no problem at all, and I think what happens next, are we supposed to infer that Bester tried to scan her but she blocked him I don't know I think I don't know but can we go really quickly back to what Bester said about sure. thinking Sheridan would be more amenable or whatever to the core I wonder if that has anything to do with like why he was assigned because I know we had this discussion about him being the original president's choice but I never I never got that is that canon that um he was Santiago's choice because why would Santiago have replaced yeah. Sinclair? He, well, I don't. No, I don't no, understand. he was the first choice if Sinclair was ever replaced. It's basically this is a guy I'm going to put at the top of my list. If something ever happens to Sinclair or me or both of us, this guy goes in because his credentials look one way, whereas the real guy, through you know, however he found out about what Sheridan's really like, isn't quite what's. On paper, that's so what this I got. Is, this is official canon, though, that Santiago had him as the first choice because it was never stated officially. Uh, in the I, I think it, I think it was actually early on in the season. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, no, they the just said the president, episode. right? They didn't say which that's president. What I thought too. No, they uh, they did. I think it's episode two or the one where his friend comes back. That it's the late president's first choice. Yeah, okay, I'm sure so, you're right, Ian. So I uh, still don't understand, though, if if it is the former president's first choice or whatever, and he's causing so much problem for them, why don't they just replace him? Mm-hmm. All they have to say is that the Mimbari hate him. 
Yeah, you know, because that was why Sinclair was picked, because the Mabari liked him. <clears throat> yeah, I just don't get, if he's not cooperating with them and with everything that they try to do, which they've shown a lot of times, you know, that he's not, I don't understand why they don't just get rid of him. And yeah, maybe I'm they sure will. Maybe Bester will come in, be a head of Babylon 5 for a while. Remember, it's a very political position as well, and they need to come up with a very good reason why they're getting rid of him. Um, oh, in the last scene, we see Susan getting ready for bed, but Talia stops by with alcohol. <laughs> I guess there is a question to JMS about Susan's outfit. He says, he said he, JMS said he thinks it came out of a Victoria's Secret catalog. I'm sure it did. And <laughs> I can tell you this from... That I that of my friends that I know about, we don't usually get all gussied up like that to just <laughs> you know for a normal night. It's like, yeah, I don't, yeah, that just like that's a quite the ensemble. <laughs> well, she hasn't been in her quarters for the last few days. Maybe it's the only clean thing she could find. <laughs> I haven't used this in a while. <laughs> Talia tells Susan that Susan was right about the core, and she needs someone to talk to unless her being there offends her. Susan says that Talia doesn't offend her, but her badge does, and Talia takes off her badge, and they have some girl time. I mean, we, we think. <laughs> so. Are we supposed to... I mean, they had a close-up of the badge, and I was just trying to, like, look at the badge and try to... Am I supposed to be getting something from this symbol? I They do that a lot, where at the end of the episode, they show something, and I'm sitting there going... Okay, is this supposed to be significant? Because they're like really focusing on it, but I don't see any like why. I I, I read it as don't forget this organization. This thing is looming over everyone still. This it's you know the characters might have moved on, new dynamics might have occurred, but this presence is still here. It's still affecting everything that's going on, even if the people who are manipulating everything aren't there in person. I just read it as she took off her badge, and though it was just kind of a big, especially after what happened last week, which was supposed to come after, but she was kind of, you know, having her doubts about the psychor. Maybe she's, you know, having second thoughts about mm-hmm. her affiliation with them. Well, she took off her gloves too, which she normally yeah. wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. That's a big thing, and it's all—it's—it's it's nice because this is a callback all the way back to midnight on the firing line. Midnight on the what? What was the callback? The very a callback to the very first episode, and towards the end of that episode, you had a conversation between Talia and Ivanova, didn't you? And oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I and, you meant not, taking off the gloves part. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. no. no. It's just, it, it, it's echoing it, and it's showing they're trying to now move forward and, you know, be, maybe become friends. Yeah, which is good. I like it. Well, those are all my notes on the episode. Anything else? Um, I don't know. Uh, Thomas, did you pick this episode, or was it assigned? I was assigned. I can't remember which episode is which, so... Oh, okay. Uh, but I was pretty okay. excited to get this one because I figured, yeah, I can uh, come on and defend Talia a little bit. And I realized yeah. that it's hey. specific. I just, uh, yeah, <laughs> and the first time you saw this episode, what did you make of it? Uh, as I recall, I really I really liked it. I don't... Yeah, memory fades. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think your first choice was already taken. This was one of your backups. Yeah, I didn't make any choices at all, like you said. Okay. Uh, um, well, let's do our quotes of the week. Yeah. I have, like, two. <laughs> yeah. I'll and I'm sure one, that one of them everybody has, so. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to start out? Can I go? Sure. Yeah. I'm not saying what I'm saying. I'm not saying what I'm thinking. As a matter of fact, I'm not thinking what I'm thinking. John, share it up. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my quotes. I think it's one of everyone's. I have Ivanova. Captain, either you snore or last night we had one hell of a breach in the hole. <laughs> um, I have Vester. They must be getting desperate to try something like this. They know we're onto them. Why else would they try to kill me? And Ivanova, is this a multiple choice question? <laughs> oh, I forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah, me too. Okay, well, I'll do the one that made me laugh hard. Um, Ivanova, were you like this when you were married? Arden, what? Yeah. The woman was a saint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have... Okay, I'm sorry. No, it's just, mine just doesn't seem any good to all of those, but it's the land. The woman who sold me this told me that I would definitely turn heads, and Sherrod replies with, yeah, well, if they'd turn much further, you'd be sued for whiplash. Oh, Sheridan with the awkward flirting. <laughs> yeah. What was the guy's name, anyways? The um, open mouth guy. What was his name? I never was gave him a Rick? name. There was a Rick in the credits. Yeah, Rick was someone else. This guy was just Lurker. In, oh, Lurker. And Chrysalis and this episode, they just called him Lurker. Oh, okay. Maybe he is the Lurker that. Um, you know, the rest of the lurkers are named after. He's <laughs> the original lurker. <laughs> he just yeah. lurks. That's all he does. He just lurks. <laughs> Can I do one more quote? Oh, uh, sure. Do you know what it's like when telepaths make love? Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Why? Had to. Had to. I burst out laughing when they, when they talked about <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> Why did they choose that quote to, you know... <laughs> Playing the recap, you know, flashback. Because story. it's the most awful one. God. God. I have um, knock knock. Who's there? Kosh, Kashu, Gazuntite. Uh, <laughs> oh, I know it's really bad, but I like the I like the other one better. But I didn't write it down. But that was something somebody There's else There's actually do. a joke on the Lurkers Guide. How many telepaths does it take to screw in a light bulb? You, you want to say answer? That was the answer. Silence. Yes, <laughs> the joke is, oh. yeah, the replies in, yeah. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> so, conceptually, it's a nice joke. It just... How many light bulb jokes do they have in there? I think, they it's have a go... <laughs> I think it's a go-to light thing for jokes, I think. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but I think that's it for quotes. I've got none other. Well, there, I have one that sparked my, um, I don't know, my tinglies for the future um, was when he said, the lurker said, you're more than you think you are. And Talia said, then what am I? And he says, the future. That's interesting. So we're not getting rid of her anytime soon. Sorry, Will. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Any other quotes? No. Well, let's do characters of the week. Who's human of the week? I had a hard time deciding. Well. I kind of want to give it to Bester because it, it, it's just a cool character, despite how slimy he is. <laughs> I said Talia. 
Hello. I've done tell you. <laughs> That's her one right. time. Never going back. <laughs> I would have to go with Talia as well. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go with Talia. Okay, well, she okay. is kind of just as important in this episode. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what Will's actually going to write on the website. Right. <laughs> yeah, I want to edit this to say best. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like on um, Intro to X, every time Mulder wins, it's controversial. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So who is Alien of the Week? We do have a lot of choices in this one. <laughs> Anybody other than Delenn in this episode? No. No, not really. And she should get it anyway, because, you know, she was doing oh, yeah, mega she was nice. She yeah. was rocking that dress. Yeah. So Talia and Delenn. Uh, let's do our episode ratings. Want to start us off, Thomas? Yeah, sure. Uh, I like this episode a lot, especially with the twist ending, which... I don't remember a lot about my first watch, but I remember that that ending was pretty shocking. And uh, the Ivanova Sheridan subplot works. Sure, why not? I give it um, 8 out of 10 Mimbari who surrender to light bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, how about you, Heidi? Um, I really enjoyed this one. And really, other than the whole being out-of-order thing, which takes at least a full point off. Um, it's pretty good. And the subplot of having to pay for their rooms wasn't that great, but it did make for some humorous scenes. So um, I'm going to give this one eight and a half out of ten gawks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you say, Elizabeth? I really like this episode. I hey. was totally into it, you know, from the very beginning. I mean, I was like, when they had the print on the front that they were at, at Mars, I was like, Wah! and then Bester, and then Psychor. Oh, it was great. And I mean, there was some parts that were a little annoying, like the, I didn't really care for the, you know, lurker. He was, he's just kind of annoying to watch it. I don't maybe I just don't like mouth breathers, but um, I don't know. It was just really good. Like I, I love the whole Psy thing. So you know, when it's a Psy heavy plot, I'm just very excited, and I enjoyed Sheridan in this episode, which normally he's just okay for me. Talia was good. Like everybody, everything was good. So um, except for the flashback, which was horrible. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I am going to give it also eight and a half. Um, awkwardly cute first dates. Oh, how about you, Ian? Yeah, I love it when we get to explore psychor and telepaths. They're always interesting. There's only a few times when the episode doesn't live up to my expectations when it deals with psychor, and Bess is always great. I'm glad he's come back. Um, Talia was good this episode, Will. <laughs> You can't deny she actually had a really good impact on this storyline. I agree. Yeah. Um, we get a bit of Franklin character exposition uh, stuff. Not too much, but it's good that he's getting built up. And, yeah, Delenn, brilliant as always. Um, so I'm going to give it seven and a half 
uh, uh, rounds at her hearts out of ten. <laughs> uh, cool. I agree with you guys. I it's really a step up from you know most of the season so far, and I really enjoyed the side core story a lot. Talia. With the episode of maybe like one scene or one or two scenes, she didn't really bother me this or episode. Or one or three or... scenes or one or four scenes. <laughs> <laughs> got a, a little Bester, creepy and evil, and the Delin storyline. The only thing I, I guess that maybe brought it down a little bit was the um, Sheridan, um, this protest storyline. I couldn't quite put it up there with the nine episodes, so... I gave it an eight and a half out of ten open mouth telepaths. <laughs> <laughs> so that is eight point two, our highest of the season so far. It worked. Deservedly yeah. so, though. I'm sorry. I said deservedly so. Oh yeah, definitely. So now let us get on the underground railroad and head to Feedbackland. Oh, kid, okay. Our first piece of feedback is an email from Lisa. I'll take that one if I can find Okay. She says, hey, ambassadors, commanders and ambassadors, Lisa here. And this is where I tell you that I've seen more of season two than I thought, though I don't know how much. I'll have to wait and see. Well, the show must have read my mind because so many Ironheart mentions and we even got a flashback. Yay. <laughs> even if we did have to hear him give that creepy speech again. <laughs> <laughs> and we had another episode where I liked Franklin. Keep it up, Babylon 5. Keep it up. <laughs> Dylan was the only ambassador, but for some reason it didn't bother me that much this episode. And I loved the scenes that she was in. And I loved her dress. Bester was annoying, but I would love him over Matt any day of the week. Really do not like the sidecore after this episode. Though I must say, while I support the underground, they were a little creepy. <laughs> Mary had a little loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, creepy's definitely the right word. Though I really felt bad for the girl that was raped and then had her baby taken from her. I am not sugarcoating that one. On a light note, Sheridan and his not wanting to pay was just eye rolling, and I felt bad for Susan having to go along with it. And while I like how it ended, I just wish that the rest of the storyline before that moment was less stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Human of the episode, Talia Winters. I was shocked by how much I liked her in this one. Alien of the episode, because as I pointed out, she was the only one that was there. Rating of the episode, 7.5 out of 10, Ironheart mentions. Quote for the episode, Susan, your wife was a saint. Lisa Slack. Thanks, Lisa. Cheers, Lisa. Our next email is from Lori. He wants to take that one. I can take it. Okay. Hello, ambassadors, commanders, and guests. Once again, this is a Psychor-related episode where Talia is featured. But Carl and I felt the episodes are continuing to get stronger each week. I hope the ambassadors agree. I think we do. The minor side plot about the rent was entertaining, and the resolution was rather clever. It was another instance of Sheridan skirting the EarthGov rules. Carl thought it was interesting that Delenn specifically sought out Sheridan for a private talk and to learn about being human from him. The dinner gown she was wearing was quite something, and there are several good quotes from that scene. We also thought it was interesting that the menus were just plain paper, or appeared to be. Oh, like instead of, you know, like electronic... um, Yeah, or or card even. Right, or like, yeah, laminated or something. 
Um, the main plot line on the Underground Railroad for Telepaths brought back quite a few plot points, including Bester and Talia's gift from Ironheart. I know Elizabeth and Heidi have been waiting for something like this, so I'm curious to know if they were satisfied or are we still waiting for more? Oh, Lori, we're always waiting for more. <laughs> we're always <laughs> waiting for more, but it was good. <laughs> yeah. When Talia asked the rogue leader, then what am I? And he said, the future. What do they think that means? Hmm. What did Bester mean when he said he'd been told that Sheridan would be sympathetic to the Psychor? Why would he be? Hmm. All interesting questions, Lori. Will Talia report anything to Bester as he seems to be asking her to be a spy? I thought it was interesting that the rogue telepaths had been filtered to B5 on business visas. It was nice that they explained that, along with Franklin being the inside helper. It seems consistent with this character that puts the health of his patients ahead of any laws. All of the B5 command staff are now very sympathetic to the plight of the rogue telepaths. But what can they do? Predictions? (laughs) The illusion at the end was very cool. Was anyone fooled? I think I was the first time. At least very confused. I just shot everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Favorite quotes in case these were missed. Delenn. It appears my choice was successful. The woman who sold me this told me that I would definitely turn heads. Sheridan. Yeah, well, if they turn much further, you'd be sued for whiplash. Um, Garibaldi to Bester. Smooth. You're getting good at this. Keep working. And one of these days, I might even be convinced that you're human. Hmm. Carl's prediction from this episode. Talia's Psycorp badge that she takes off is bugged in some way, but not electronically. Ooh, interesting, Carl. Ratings. Carl. Human. Dude in the restaurant gawking at Delenn. <laughs> Always a great choice on your part, Carl. Alien Delenn's cleavage. <laughs> <laughs> Rating 81%. Creepy family picnics. <laughs> Lori. Human Talia. Alien Delenn. And rating 8.5 out of 10 unpaid rents. You're right with us there, Lori. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, guys. Always enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, thank you, you too. Our next email is from Bob DeGran, who wants to take Bob. I'll be my email. one then, won't it? Okay. From Bob. I liked this quite a bit, despite Talia having a big role in it. <laughs> yeah, you're not, not a big Talia fan either, are you, Bob? I was indifferent towards her at first, but I'm agreeing more and more with Will as we go along. Yes. <laughs> I loved seeing Bester back, and the way he was filmed at the end was very clever. I'm a little uncomfortable with the idea that a number of less powerful telepaths could band together and overpowerful, uh, and overpower a more powerful one. But, but some of the uh, renegades, including the leader, who I couldn't understand, even though it sounded like he might have been speaking English, what an accent! were very powerful, nearly as powerful as Ironheart, so I can accept it. I love the side stories, though Sheridan refusing to pay rent, dragging Ivanova along with him, probably dragging, that's meant. Yeah, and really annoying right. her in the process. Sheridan and Delenn going on a date was hilarious. Bob DeGrant. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Cheers, Bob. Uh, The next email is from Victor DeGrand. You want to take that one, Heidi? Yes. 
Bester returns. Yay! And he's looking for the Underground Railroad that has been aiding runaway telepaths. I find the term railroad to be anachronistic here. It made sense in the 19th century when they were smuggling slaves north to their freedom. But in the 23rd century, would they even know what a railroad is? (laughs) Then again, I tried to come up with a more modern term. Underground monorail? Underground maglev? So maybe Underground Railroad isn't so bad after all. (laughs) There were a couple of subplots about the command staff being charged rent and Sheridan getting to know Delenn better, but they are barely worth mentioning. When Bester is on board, he is the story. We also get to see Franklin wearing yet another hat. He's already been a doctor, a food Nazi, and occasional god. Now we can add conductor of the Underground Railroad to the list. (laughs) As long as he gets to wear, like, a conductor's hat or something. Yeah. (laughs) It turns out that a group of runaway telepaths has been living down below. They missed killing Bester, but they managed to kidnap Talia. Ah, yes, Talia again. At this point, Talia's loyalty, motivation, and even her capabilities are not clear. A couple of weeks ago, Talia appeared to be a helpless P5 who lied to Sheridan about Psycor, and last week she was unwilling to leave the Corps. This week, she still appeared to be a loyal operative who helped Bester kill the other telepaths, but she actually created an illusion and betrayed him. Talia seems to be an an (laughs) etch-a-sketch at the end of each show. Just shake it up and start with a clean slate next week so she can be whatever the show needs her to be. The post-Ironheart Talia is no ordinary P5 and was able to fool the powerful Bester. At the end, as he is leaving, he turns back and gives her a telling look. What it tells us is that he tried to scan her and she blocked him without him even knowing he had been blocked. It appears that she can do more than just move coins. There is some good insight into Psychor here, so I will give this episode 8.5 sneaky telepaths out of 10. Regards, Victor. Thanks, Thanks, Victor. Victor. Our next email is from Anka. I'll take that one. One day there is a good episode. The other day there is this one. What a universe. Aww. I don't know what to make of this episode. For one, Walter Koenig as Bester is back and drags with him a whole lot of problems about Psychor that were already in the air. He kills a guy even before the opening credits. Now we know Bester is evil. For the other, there is smiling Sheridan and his problem with paying rent. How much would, how much would be $30, 30 credits in a dollar? Doesn't matter. I live in Vancouver, British Columbia. I am sure 30 credits is nothing compared to rents here. <laughs> I've heard rent is really expensive up there. The The main plot about the rogue telepaths underground railroad just doesn't seem to pick up. There is so much to it. Heavy stuff like forced marriages, drugs and camps and all the monster that they had created. And it still ends up being a weak plot for two thirds of the episode. The only good part about that story is when I first watched Talia switching sides to Bester and Psychor, I completely believed it. And I like the twist that she did, in fact, switch sides. But then again, the whole episode didn't feel well-rounded and rather broken by the other subplots, which I found more interesting than the telepath story, to be honest. I love the scenes with Delenn and Sheridan. This guy sitting next, sitting at the next table was way too creepy, so please kick him off your station if he doesn't behave, but do it after the date. <laughs> Face. I'm wondering how long Minbari have to study in Temple when they have to go through one year of humor. No thanks. I'd rather go for algebra and homework. <laughs> what I didn't understand is why Talia was clearly upset about Bester calling her, probably at a late hour, 
But why again did she answer the phone in her nightdress? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Maybe she was just upset with this creepy look. Another creepy guy. Hey, what's up with guys in the future? <laughs> Nothing. Same. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> best quote, Bester. Why else would they try to kill me? Ivanova, is this a multiple choice question? I give it six out of ten weekly rents. Alien of the week, Delenn for being so human and turning heads. Human of the week, Talia. Sorry, Will. I like the one shot with her where she holds the gun in front of her. <laughs> Hey, uh, that that just brought a question to mind. Um, if we don't like any of the humans, can we vote for Delana's human? Ooh. Uh. Can she be either? <laughs> she mm-hmm. can, actually, because she's only half alien at this point. I mean, usually we have less aliens to vote for, but I'm just saying, you know, in case. Hmm. That's a mm. good question. Yeah. I guess so. To consider her. Oh, thanks, Anka. Thank you. Cheers, Anka. It's a shame you didn't like this one, but it's not for everyone. <laughs> Our next email is from Yan. Who wants to do that one? Okay. <clears throat> Hello, fellow lurkers and down below. There is a bit of feedback for Season 2 episode, A Race Through Dark Places. Another Talia episode, the third in a row. Will must be in seventh heaven. Absolutely. <laughs> Our dear friend, Mr. Bester, is back, killing for information. Surprised, Ambassadors? No. I was surprised he was back, but... Um, I was surprised, but not surprised. Yeah. Not surprised um, he was killing people. Yeah, exactly. Delenn wants to understand what it is to be human. Dinner. Rogue telepaths and an underground railroad getting them out of reach from Psychor. Did you expect Dr. Franklin to be the organizer, dear Ambassadors? Um, no. <laughs> well, not, not originally, but when he, after he spoke about anything to do with it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Does Talia's telekinesis strength surprise you? Um, not really. I'm no. just surprised they're bringing it up, I guess. I did, right. No, I was, uh, I was actually surprised that just the, that all she was doing was flinging pennies into the wall, quite, quite frankly, because I thought that it was going to be much stronger than that. Maybe she's going to, like, really actively work on it now. Yeah. Unless it's only penny kinesis, and she can only move <laughs> pennies. <laughs> but that's all she can move is copper. <laughs> um, did you recognize the leader of the telepath? He was the lurker in Chrysalis telling Garibaldi about Petrov. Jason's little gift was quite a bit more than Talia thought. He gave you more than you know. What we did back there shouldn't have worked. Not with a psychop. You tipped the balance. I felt it when we were joined. You are more than you think you are. Do I sense a bit of rapprochement between Talia and Susan? I like that final scene. And Delenn goes to dinner with Sheridan, and she er, turns heads. I really like that scene and the conversation between the two. Sheridan's something I can do for you just has the right amount of irony. The subplot with the rent is quite fun, lightening up an otherwise dark episode. I like Sheridan's solution to the rent problem. Unconventional, but very much in character. Favorites. Human. That is a tricky one. They are all good in this one. But I will settle for Talia. Alien. Not too much choice. Delenn. Quotes. Sheridan to Franklin after the Bester shootout scene. I'm not saying what I'm saying. I'm not saying what I'm thinking. As a matter of fact, I'm not thinking what I'm thinking. Second choice. Um, The turning heads. What? There's actually quite a few nice quotable lines in this episode. Episode rating. This is a more arc-heavy episode. The story continues. We get more demonstrations of what Psychor is capable of, and a glimpse of Talia's enhanced abilities. 
I like it a lot, so I will give it 8.5 out of 10 underground railroads. And with this, watch out for the coming of shadows. Yeah, and the Babylon Lurker. <laughs> thanks, Thank Jan. Thanks, Jan. Thanks, thanks, everybody. Yeah, thanks for the feedback. If you want to send us feedback, you can send it to mail at downbelowpodcast.com or you can leave us an iTunes review or leave comments on our website. Let's do predictions. The name of the next episode is The Coming of Shadows, which is also the season title. Okay. And what Yam warns us about every week. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I'm like, I've heard that before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just barely <laughs> Somewhere I've heard that sometime in the past. Um, uh, space spiders. <laughs> yeah, it has to be space spider related. Well, I thought right? the, the spider episode had to be space spider related. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too on the nose, I guess. Um, yes, I think definitely space spiders. And they're coming. And it's another mention of, uh, like, like he, he was saying earlier, and uh, I think Ian was saying that it was referencing, you know, darkness coming, you know. Um, so the, yeah. Yeah, because the opening credits talk about, you know, the battle um, that's this, this year, and that's got to be it. So yeah. hopefully Morden shows up in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I predict there will be Londo and Jakar. Yeah, Londo is gonna. I think Londo's gonna have a, an important role this season, mm-hmm. just from what he's been doing, right. his predictions, and having interesting consequences and his wishes. Yeah, stop wishing. And his wives don't become his wives. <laughs> his wife, but, yes, his only wife. <laughs> he only has one now. Timoff takes over, rules the world. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if <laughs> you know what would be hilarious. The 60 credits they took out of the budget for defense uh, come back to haunt him. <laughs> <laughs> Combat readiness. That's what does them, does them in. Oh, I had taken those 60 credits out. He <laughs> no longer has the money needed for his space suit and can't go out fighting. Yay! <laughs> I don't know. What What do you think is going to happen with this Delenn Sheridan thing? Do we think it's going to go somewhere? Or do I we think, think she's she's scouting for a new husband, and they're gonna have to have some religious ceremony again. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's, it's uh, we just have to have the ceremony. Just come. <laughs> That's right. It's it's a it's a thing that we did before. We we have to uh, appreciate other religions and do it again. <laughs> <laughs> because it would be interesting, you know, being that she is the only hybrid human Membari. They've got to be going somewhere with this. I mean, is she going to have a child? Is, that, you know... Yeah, yeah. I still think that that throwaway line about the cramps was really... Oh, yeah. think about, okay, well, yeah, technically, mm-hmm. she could maybe have a human also part hybrid child. I don't know. Yep. Yep. Um, Talia looks to be... Um, I think maybe they're... they're we're getting set up for maybe a potential, you know, psychor factions and uh, internal psychor war where the rogue telepaths may have to take on, you know, some of the higher ups in the psychor. Yeah. Uh, well, and also maybe they're going to play a big part in the um, the upcoming battle that I assume from the whole future thing that we saw with Sinclair that that's coming. 
And so they may need those like underground telepaths in their fight. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh. There's so much. Because like, we have the these external um, spiders, and then we have all this stuff going on uh, with the Psychor. Um, and, oh, love it. But, uh, yeah. Let's see, what else? Anything? So Garibaldi and Talia, or did we decide it was Terribaldi? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably going to be a thing, maybe. I still yeah, think that Talia's going to die, though. I don't know. I'm still leaning in that direction. Mm-hmm. Though I'm not... How will she die, bug? Oh, God. Uh, she'll die fighting. She'll die go, you know, fighting the against other size, maybe. Or, I don't know. And, um... Oh, um... Yeah, I don't, I don't know about the... I don't think, you know, I think originally I was thinking maybe Ivanova would manifest. Um, but I, I don't know. It doesn't seem to be going that way. Um, maybe a bit of a darker idea about Talia. Maybe she gets too powerful. Like her, she really like works on her abilities. I know I keep saying this, that this is going to happen, but, um, that she like just keeps working on things and is getting, you know, just super, super powerful and her brain can't take it. Like it just, she goes too far and like the human brain just can't, um, I don't know. There's like a limit. Mm-hmm. And so maybe like that could kill her. It just like shuts off or something. Yeah, I could see that. Or at least she has to go into some kind of seclusion or yeah, I could see that happening. Um, I guess. Well, I don't know what's going on with Kosh. Oh my gosh. I can't predict anything. He's just not yeah. there. We've literally <laughs> not heard him speak at all this season. Very I disappointing. I need... I need some cautiousms. I do. Those were like instant quotes. Exactly. Everything he said. Is it the hour of scattering? <laughs> yeah. It's the hour of shadows. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. I mean, I think we predicted a lot of other stuff in the past that I'm still clinging to. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. But well, I think we'll have, we'll have to see Bester again for sure. So. All right. Uh, Thomas, it was great having you on this week. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Thank you for for joining us. Please come again. I will try. I'll try. (laughs) I know normally like our time. So it's um, eight hours ahead where you are. Uh, Sure. Uh, You said it was three something. um, Yeah, it's uh, six now. Okay. Yeah. So our normal time would be pretty late for you but uh, hopefully you can still join us sometime yeah yeah should be possible <laughs> i'll send you feedback if you want to we'll always just look forward yeah to i keep it. i keep failing at that but i'll i'll try, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> is there anywhere we can find you on the web uh yeah i'm uh i'm not a podcaster but i'm actually a rapper oh, oh fantastic what awesome yeah uh i have a kind of uh um unspellable name <laughs> but uh decky snow you can uh if you go soundcloud.com slash d-e-k-i-o-z-n-o-w you'll find it oh, cool to check that out <laughs> yeah it's um definitely not the standard radio money cash host music but it's still not you know it's <laughs> not very like deep or anything it's 
me, mostly just me having fun. Some uh, nerdy quotes, some Buffy references in there, and uh, yeah, uh, a lot of cussing and so the occasional casual mass murder or something like that. So maybe not for the extremely weak of stomach, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just me having fun, really. Ah, oh, cool. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, oh, cool. <laughs> That is all we have for this week, folks. We'll be back next time with the coming of shadows. I have three exclamation points after (laughs) my notes. Um, And until next time, goodbye. Bye-bye. Be seeing you. Bye-bye, Strokoff. Bye. Look for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Also, downbelowpodcast.com. Facebook.com slash group slash down below podcast and Twitter.com slash down below cast. Mm-hmm.